All right, it is a great blessing for us to be here. Take your Bible, if you would, please, and turn with me to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. You have a handout coming your way. Uh, there should be uh, one enough for each of you. You are going to need a pen, so if you need to scurry around and dig in your wife's purse, or uh, I don't know if they're... Uh, any available in the pew there or what have you. But if you can find a pen, that'll help you with the fill in the blanks. First John chapter 4 and verse 18. The text is written uh, there in your handout at the top of the page. But uh, we'll read it out loud together, okay? So read it from your Bible, read it from the handout, but we're going to read First John 4, 18. While those, those handouts are coming your way, let me just say on behalf of my wife and I, we're so thrilled to be here. Uh, it, is, it is a blessing to be at Ann Arbor Baptist Church, and it was, it was a great joy and blessing to be at the couples retreat. Uh, John said, we're going to Frankenmuth. I said, what is that? <laughs> so now we know. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. It's the, it's the biggest Christmas store in the world. And uh, so, wow, that's a, a huge blessing. Uh, many of you were able to go, and that's a blessing. And I know schedules and a whole kinds of things can can uh, get in the way of, of going. Uh, I was blessed uh, just in being there and, and having the fellowship. And if you can go, I know you'll be uh, blessed as well as the Lord would tarry uh, in future opportunities. I so appreciate our son, Jonathan, uh, Pastor Barber. I so appreciate uh, our, our daughter-in-law, Rebecca. Uh, we love our grandchildren and we're excited for them. They're growing like crazy. So that's a wonderful thing, it's good. And uh, again, we love your church. We thank the Lord for you. We pray for you, and, uh, and many have said they're praying for us. We so thank you for that. We'll be here uh, until Tuesday, flying out on Tuesday about noon or so. And uh, so we just thank the Lord for this opportunity to be with you. <clears throat> the messages that I've brought uh, Wednesday, we talked about uh, anger. And if you weren't able to be here Wednesday night and you would like some notes on that, I'm sure the office could help you see Pastor Barber or something. And then even the notes from the uh, couples retreat. I know everybody couldn't get there, uh, but we did some notes, basic truths on marriage, and then we did one on four rules of communication. And those have been very uh, helpful to me and, and challenging. And so pick up on those notes and uh, do go through them. And let's see the Lord help us to make a, an advance. Uh, the, the theme was connection. And so may the Lord uh, help us to be more greatly uh, connected to uh, our spouses, to our church, uh, most especially to our Lord. I love your theme, Christ at the center. Uh, so this evening, God's answer for fear. And uh, let us read out loud together 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. You have it right there. I'm actually going to ask you to read it three times, okay? So we want to get this text in our hearts. Uh, read with me, please, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Could we have all of our ladies and girls read it together one more time? Ladies, there is... Fear 
And all of our men and boys and young men, let's read it together. Men, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Lord, help these words to sink deeply in our heart. I pray, Lord, for the enablement of your Holy Spirit uh, to preach, uh, Lord, to hear, uh, Lord, to apply truth to thy word. There is so much that we can be fearful of, and there's such a great need for us to be uh, righteously and properly uh, in awesome, respectful fear of our God. And so, Lord, teach us and help us, and may this session uh, be that which you would use in specific ways in our lives, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the, the answers are all found on page 5, so I'll do my best to fill them in properly, and you may make some extra notes uh, as you desire as we go through there, but I am going to help you fill in the blanks uh, as we go through. So God's answer for fear, number one, the words fear not are often repeated in Scripture, and so the first fill in the blank is going to be Christ. Just think in your own mind the different contexts in which the Lord Jesus Christ said those words, fear not, or words similar to them. If you would like to bracket together Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26, bracket that over in some kind of way with Mark chapter 4 and verse 39 and 40, um, Matthew and Mark are talking about the same incident, the same event the same situation. So the Sea of Galilee is troubled, uh, the winds and the waves, and this happened a couple of different times, as we know, and recorded by the gospel writers. And, uh, and Jesus, um, in, in these situations, uh, calmed those winds and waves, and he said these words, peace, be still. And just, whew, you know, sea of glass. So, uh, Jesus Christ uh, is the Prince of Peace, and he knows how to bring that in our life. And so we start uh, with these wonderful words of our Savior, and then the Matthew 14, 27, and the Mark 6, 50, you can bracket those together. Those are talking about the same thing. Uh, Jesus is walking on the water, so he sends the disciples across the sea. He knows they're going to be rocked and buffeted, and they weren't making any headway, and the winds, and then out of the winds comes this ghost, and so fear upon fear, uh, and then, oh, it's the Savior, can't be, and all that sort of situation, uh, Matthew records and Mark records, and Jesus says these words, be of good cheer, it is I. And so whatever fearsome waters, whatever winds, are, are buffeting us about, may we remember the words of Christ, uh, that Christ is the Prince of Peace, Christ is the one that brings uh, uh, peace in our lives, He's the one that walks on the trouble, He's over the trouble, He's the master uh, of the universe, of the winds and the waves, there's nothing too hard for our Savior. And so those words of Christ, and then Matthew uh, 10, 28, fear not them which kill the body, that passage is, uh, is a passage dealing with Jesus sending out his disciples, uh, sheep among wolves. He says, I'm sending you out as sheep 
among the wolves. That's a very apropos passage of Scripture for us tonight. We are his disciples. Uh, the world is very wolfish, uh, very unchristlike, very against the things of the Lord. And so what did Jesus say? Jesus said, do not fear. Fear not them which can only kill the body. They can kill the body. They can say words. They can hurt. They do hurt. They can push back, they can shut down, they can cancel out, uh, they can kill the body, but they cannot kill you. They cannot kill the Lord Jesus Christ. They cannot kill our eternal spirit. And so, a wonderful reminder why we need not uh, fear. Um, uh, number three there, Luke 12, 32, fear not little flock. That's a wonderful passage of scripture. Go back and read these contexts for sake of time. We're not doing that. But Jesus says, take no thought for the morrow. Uh, he, he says, you know, the ravens, uh, that, that boat ride that we took at Frankenmuth and there's the turtles and there's the ducks and they're eating our popcorn, you know, and, and there was a groundhog, and they talked about deer, and he talked about the different birds and so on. Jesus maybe was speaking, and there go the ravens. He says, look at those ravens, you know. They're, they're not worried. They're not crumbled up in fear, you know. He says, look at the ravens. He said, uh, uh, your height, you, you can't make yourself get tall. Uh, you know, God, God's given you the stature that he's given you, and so we don't need to worry about that, uh, about our height. He says, look at the lilies, look at the grass, and, and so on, and, and there's no uh, stress or uh, ulcers going on with the lilies. Uh, fear not, little flock. Wonderful words of our Savior. And so whether it's ravens or lilies or grass or, or, or clothing, what she shall put on and so on, uh, there's a lot that can really rock our boat or trouble us and, and things that we have to think through and things that we have to, uh, to make plans for and so on. But it, the wonderful encouragement, the calming words of our Savior, uh, fear not. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 7, and truly, maybe underline that, put a star by that. Remember these verses, our opening scripture, 1 John 4, 18, and now this one, 2 Timothy 1, 7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. May I encourage you to memorize these passages? Because the Satan is going to send fiery darts. You've got to fear this, you've got to fear that, you've got to fear the other thing, and we don't have to. Uh, there's, a, there's a right way to plan and be concerned and get the Lord's help and so on. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Not that kind of fear. We'll talk a right kind and, and a wrong kind. God doesn't give us the wrong kind of fear. That comes from a different spirit. That comes from the spirit of, of Satan. So uh, uh, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And then our opening text, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. Meditate on these things. There's no fear in love. What does that mean? If I truly am filled with agape love, then I truly do not have to worry about, you know, a, a sinful fear. A perfect love, agape love, casts out fear. And so it comes back, those waves, you know, why was there, why did Jesus have to repeat the trials? Because he knew as they went on in their lives, and we believe that every one of the disciples was uh, martyred in some way or other, uh, perhaps not John the Apostle that wrote the book of Revelation, uh, they tried to kill him, uh, according to tradition, boil him in oil. Uh, that would be frightsome and worrisome and fearsome. Uh, but uh, perfect love casts out fear. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that being the case, 
that is, that's the truth that unites us or that, that we hold dear. We understand it's in the Bible. We know Christ said it. We know we can apply that to our lives tonight. And yet, <laughs> uh, number two, yet out of fear, uh, these, these scriptural things, uh, things that we read about in the Bible, uh, Adam and Eve feared after they sinned. They had never feared before that. Think about that. There was no fear in the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> there will be no fear in heaven. The last point I'll make, and it's the last point in your notes, the only fear in heaven. Where's he going with that? The only fear in heaven will be the biblical kind of the awesome respect for God, that holy love and, and awesome respect for our holy God. Uh, that's biblical respect and fear and honor and worship yes we'll have that that's was in the garden until sin came and then adam and eve sinned and they ran and hid out of fear uh, abraham lied maybe i should have said abram uh and he did it a couple of different times uh with the ham and without the ham so sometimes you're afraid that with the ham and sometimes you're afraid without the ham but uh abraham got his name changed but he uh he had trouble with that lying situation and why did he lie he was his wife was so beautiful uh, he was afraid that people would kill him to get his wife. Um, all different kind of motivations, but it was still out of fear. Uh, Jacob sent gifts to Esau uh, in uh, Genesis 32, 7 and 13. He was scared to death. Last thing his mother said to him was, you know, your, your brother wants to kill you. Head on out to back to the land of Uz and get a wife and so on. Get out of here before he kills you. So how many years later, you know, and how many wives and flocks later, and sons and families and so on, uh, and yet he's still living his life out of fear, and, and maybe properly so uh, compared to what he had done uh, in a fleshly way against his brother, uh, not depending upon the Lord in, in that matter. Uh, but so he's, so we've got running, we've got lying, we've got um, you know, self-protection uh, going on there, and, and just... Uh, uh, scared out of his mind. Uh, Genesis, uh, Numbers 13, the, the 10 spies, that whole thing with them. Oh, the giants and the walls, and we can't go in. And they had seen more miracles, you know, than, than we can, you know, the, it just the, all the plagues, all the miracles, cross the Red Sea, uh, full of unbelief. Isn't that so very much like ourselves? And then uh, 1 Samuel, uh, King Saul spared the spoils. And why did he do it? Well, the Bible tells us it was disobedience. Stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry. And disobedience, we know why he did it. Selfishness, arrogance. What did he say he did it for? He said, well, the people told me, Samuel. I mean, we can't kill all these wonderful sheep. We can sacrifice them uh, to God. And God says, uh, I'd much rather have obedience than, than sacrifice. Uh, but why did he say he did it? He said out of fear of his people, uh, the popular opinion, and he conducted himself according to that. And so out of fear, we can do all kinds of things. We see it in the scripture, uh, in B and C and D and, and so on down through here. Uh, we do it. Uh, many people do it. Saved people, unsaved people, hopefully more unsaved, but uh, this is what can happen to us. Uh, to B, many people move. Now, with the economics going on, you just can't pick up and move every other day. Uh, but the idea being here, oh, I don't like this place, let me move out of fear. Oh, I don't like that place either. You know, I don't like this or that. Let me move over there. And, and just that's the motivation for moving somewhere. 
not the direction of the Lord, not the ministry of the Lord, not the, the church the Lord's brought me to, or what have you, but just move, 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 because, you know, uh, we're scared to death of something that might happen from job to job, from city to city. Now, if any of this fits, think your situation through, and let's make sure that we are not being motivated out of fear. C, they lock, that's a fill-in-the-blank, lock themselves in their houses. It, it's been amazing what COVID has done. There's a, there's a family member of my wife, and her husband is uh, a doctor, I believe, in the medical field, but uh, he's a Sunday school teacher. And uh, just recently, like within the last month, she put it out there on Facebook, oh, and we're so excited. My husband is teaching in person again last month. I mean, I thought COVID was a year ago or two years ago or something. And that, this isn't for me to be in judgment upon anybody else and so I honestly didn't sit down and talk with that man. So maybe I'm talking out of school and I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but if you don't teach your Sunday school class, I'm just saying that because in my illustration, that's what he was. But if you don't do something God's leading you to do, like come out of your house <laughs> or whatever, uh, out of fear, well, certainly uh, that would be uh, a wrong situation. Lock themselves out of their houses, uh, in their houses. D, uh, neglect to get proper physical care. That can happen. Now, it's not just we want to run to the doctor for every trivial matter, uh, but some folks put off something a doctor could have, would have, should have needed to look at. But why? Fear. Um, uh, neglecting to get physical care. Uh, some people won't travel by air out of fear. Uh, F, they flee is the blank. So wherever, and whether these things I have in my notes fit, you know, flee to a mental institution, at least, you know, I got people looking after me. I guess I don't know too many people that that's happened to, but it does happen. Uh, or, you know, flee to a bunker mentality, whether it's your own basement or up in the wilderness or whatever you can afford or whatever you can do. But again, the prime motivational factor being uh, out of fear. And uh, we should not flee anywhere out of fear. Um, G, many live in horror. Maybe that's too strong a word, but just worry wrapped up in, in worry, in, in, in unmitigated, well, horror, you know. What's tomorrow going to bring? What's going to happen with the kids? What's going to happen with the grandkids? What's going to happen with the job? What's going to happen with the culture? What's going to happen with the economics? What's going to happen uh, in all these situations? Dreading the future, fearing failure, fearing a crisis, not wanting to, uh, to move hardly, uh, kind of trapped or, or stuck uh, out of fear. We don't want to do that, not as a church, not as a, as a couple, not as a family, not as an individual. Uh, nothing should be done out of fear. Uh, Jesus, again, peace, be still, uh, be of good cheer. Others live in uh, fear of witnessing. Uh, others fear, live in fear of serving, getting involved in the local church, uh, taking part in sacri sacrificial giving through the church. Look at inflation. You know, my salary isn't going up, and, and the bills are going up, and, and practically speaking, how can I possibly? I love uh, to preach missions. I love to bring in our mission speakers and for our size church, I'm not bragging, and I just thank the Lord, but for our size church, we, we support a ton of missionaries for a ton of money uh, per month, and then there's surplus, and we send that out. It's just so exciting, and I do believe a nucleus of our church have caught the heart. You can't outgive God. 
And so trust the Lord. It's faith promise or it's commitment, you know. And, and God can do all kinds of things if we'll just step out and, and trust him. And it's so exciting, and I'm so looking forward to heaven. I know you are too. You're a missions-minded church. And there are going to be people in Taiwan. There are going to be people in Japan. Just name the countries of the missionaries you support. And I've been to one missionary country, my wife and I. And isn't it wonderful that it was, it was France and we got to go to Paris, okay? Uh, but... Uh, uh, you know, and he lives on the coast La Rochelle, but there's going to be French-speaking folks from Islam countries that are French-speaking from, from all, you know, you can't preach the gospel in some of these countries, and I don't know how it's going to work, but, but somebody's going to tug on my toga. Don't we have linen robes in heaven or something? Say, Pastor Barber, your church supported missionaries, and we're here because your missionary led us to Christ. That's exciting to me, and it comes out of giving and, and, and cheerful giving and, and sacrificial giving, and that's a blessing, and you miss that, and you miss the blessing of, of, of planting seeds, uh, witnessing, and serving, and so on. So out of fear, many uh, unfortunate things take place. Let's get some biblical insights about fear. So, Roman numeral number one, when fear is not wrong. When fear is not wrong. Roman numeral number two, when fear is wrong. Just showing you where we're going. And then page four, understanding the nature of fear. So let's do this. When fear is not wrong. Not all fear is wrong. <clears throat> Uh, we said Wednesday night, not all anger is wrong. Now, maybe as we live it out, it might be 99.9999% of the time it's wrong. But I can't get around the scripture when God said to believers, be angry and sin not. <laughs> you know, we said fear, uh, uh, anger is energy, emotion to solve problems God wants us to solve. We're talking about fear tonight. So when fear is not wrong, not all fear is wrong. God gave us our emotions. That's an emotion. You know, we don't say, oh, God, please forgive me for being, you know, happy. Don't, God, don't forgive me for being sad unless we're happy or sad for the wrong reasons. Those are wonderful emotions, okay? God gives us fear. And so, A, uh, what, is, what are good kinds of fear? And this is what we're talking about when fear is not wrong when fear is right, when it's okay, when it's needed. A, a healthy respect for danger. We teach our kids not to run across the parking lot. One of our missionaries, seven kids, and his child did not obey probably parental instruction and very small child. I believe they were candidating uh, on deputation near our church in, Elizabeth, in, in uh, Hilton Head, and the child was killed by a truck speeding through a fast food area. And, and the child was killed. Okay, so, so yes, fear of, of those kinds of accidents. So you train your kids, look both ways, don't run ahead of your parents. That's, that's proper. That's good parenting. That, that's right instruction. A healthy respect for danger. There's trucks out there. Uh, there's problems out there. Uh, Job was afraid of Leviathan, that humongous probably dinosaur, right? Uh, he's looking at the look at that neck and look at those, you know, the bars of his, you know, uh, he, he, he didn't want to get caught under one of those feet. He, he had a proper uh, sense of fear. Psalm 64, 1 uh, talks about fearing the enemy. Well, yeah, 
I've never been in the army, never been in the military, but if I'm face to face or however it works, you know, rifle to rifle, uh, whoa, uh, you're, out of fear, you're going to do some things, proper things, self-protection, uh, hide properly, better tactics, whatever. Uh, that's a healthy respect for danger. Uh, a2 as a protection guideline. You know what I'm saying there? Uh, as a protection. So, so to have a right sense of security, to have a right sense of, of, decor, uh, uh, of, of how you conduct yourself. Because it, there, there can be fearful situations. A proper sense of danger and conducting yourself accordingly. We understand that. Uh, that's, that's proper. Uh, number three, uh, not as a preoccupation, though. Don't get preoccupied with that. I might get hurt. I might get hurt. I might get hurt, you know. Oh, boy, and just go around telling yourself all the dangers you could get in. I might fall. When I go down these steps tonight, I might fall and break my fool neck, you know. Well, it might be a fool neck, but I might, that might happen. But I, I, if I'm so scared about it, I wouldn't have got up here. So you, we can be preoccupied around, about the wrong thing, what we need. It's a sin because it becomes a lack of trust in God, and that's a blank. It becomes a lack of trust in God. So not all fear is wrong. We need a healthy respect for danger. B, we need fear of God. Do a Bible search on the word fear, and you're going to find at least 160 times in the Bible we're told not to fear. So 160, 160 times, what does that mean? God knows just like his own uh, disciples, we're going to fear. We're going to fear all kinds of things, rightly and wrongly. And so fear not, 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 fear not. And it's, it's speaking of a biblical fear, a right kind of fear, is talking about an awesome respect of God when we're talking about a fear of God. Respecting him, honoring him, exalting him, Christ in the center like your theme, that is a sense of fear of God. God's at the center. I don't, I don't want to get off track. That's proper. Um, even the unsaved, B number three, great respect for truth in the unsaved. Now, just what I mean by that, and maybe our generation is way moving past it, and I'm not talking about the radical atheist mentality, but even just an unsaved, God bless America, an unsaved, don't burn your Bible, an unsaved person, they don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, but any sense in an unsafe fashion of acknowledging God and, and a, a sense, not a saving sense, but a sense of respect for God. Well, that, that is, that's, you know, the, the, the fear of God that, that leads to repentance type of thing. We need a, a proper fear of, of hell, of the judgment of God. Um, so great respect for truth. We all have to come to that in order to uh, be hungry for the truth and to find the truth. Number four, a great delight in God's truth in the believer or the saved. The fear of God is great delight. We don't quake, uh, you know, quake and, and quail in the presence of God. Uh, you read in the book of Revelation, and buddy, they're on their faces, you know, they're, they're prostrate before God uh, in holiness and worship and purity, but there's great delight. Oh, God is so good. God, you're so wonderful. Uh, all honor and worthy and, and, and praise is due your name. That's a proper uh, sense of fear. That's when fear is not wrong. Uh, Roman numeral two, when fear is wrong. 
That bullet point blank, trust in God is lacking in each of the following situations. Now, to apply these messages as we need to tonight, come back to that. If you find an area where you are sinfully uh, fearful, what does it mean? We're not trusting God. Perfect love is not casting out fear. Trust in God. Trust in God is lacking in the following situations. So A, fear of man. The blank there, fear of man and not God. A1, refusing to stand for Christ. It's very easy to, for fish, dead fish can easily float downstream, you know. That paddle was working a lot harder when we were going upstream. It was easier for the boat to go downstream, but it was harder for it to go up against, to stand against the current, okay? So refusing to take that stand, that's the fear of man. Taking the stand is trusting God, okay? God's the engine there, and we're trusting God for it, for Christ, for his word, uh, for godly principles. We're standing up for those things. John 12, 42, yeah, he looked that passage up, and Jesus looked around, and the Pharisees, you know, it's the Sabbath day, and Jesus is getting ready to heal, and he knows that pressure is on. They're tempting, they're waiting, they're just wanting to pounce and kill. And so you talk about fear of man, and uh, what Jesus do? He went ahead and healed, you know, uh, did the Father's will. So uh, there could have been fear of the Pharisees in Jesus' case. There wasn't. Why? Because he was God and he was trusting his, the Heavenly Father. Uh, at Luke 12, verses 4 and 5, fear not them that kill the body. The fear of persecution. And even, you know, the, the, the verse is kill the body. But what about kill your reputation? What about kill your status in the workplace? They think I'm the cool guy. <laughs> they, they think I'm the go along to get along. They're, they think I'm the life of the party. They, they, the, I, I, I need that next promotion. I, yeah, wh- whatever the, whatever the, the uh, motivation to squelch, to, to pull in your, like a turtle, pull your head in and not stand for Christ. I don't mean rude and crude. I just mean standing for principle. However, God wants you to do that, to glorify God, and to not do that, fear of persecution. That's fear of man, not trusting in God. Peter's three denials, what was he doing? Self-protecting. And folks, what a trap that is and how dangerous and horrible that is. He went out and wept bitterly. The one that Jesus said on this rock, that testimony, that solid testimony of who Christ is. And he, I don't know him. I don't know him with an oath. I don't know him with an oath, and I've never seen him, been around him, and I don't know nothing about it. And he swore, and, and you know, I got three and four fingers pointing at me if I'm trying to point a finger at Peter. What don't we do, or what do we do out of fear rather than trust? Uh, Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ. We are too. We're denying trust in Christ when we don't step out uh, because of fear. Isaiah 51, 12, and 13, um, that's a passage where uh, the passage says, uh, you're afraid of men, uh, oppressors, you're afraid of the oppressor, but Isaiah says, but the oppressor's going to die. So you're afraid of someone who's going to die himself, and he's going to meet his maker for good or for ill, unsaved, for ill, and so... We, we don't need to fear the oppressor who himself is going to die and be under God's judgment. 
Number two, isolation. So fear of man causes us to refuse to stand. Uh, fear of man causes us to be isolated, causes us to uh, exclude things out of our life. Just out of hand, out of sight, out of mind, won't do that. Why? Well, somebody might scorn me, and that's the blank, too, uh, at the end there, because of fear of scorn. What would my parents say? What would my uh, you know, neighbors say? What would my children say? What, it, it, especially I'm speaking of unsaved or what have you, and, and I don't want that scorn. I don't, I don't want people saying bad things about me or what have you. Um, and that's when fear is sinfully wrong. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. You ought to star some very important verses on the anger one we did Wednesday. I gave you a whole study sheet, and there's memory verses all, all through that sheet, a lot of them in Proverbs. Uh, here's an excellent verse to memorize, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. Psalm 119, 39, fear of reproach. Now listen to this. I know you're not looking at it in your Bible, but verse 37 says, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. We understand that. Don't look at a bunch of foolishness, much less, you know, a bunch of nudity or, or, or sinfully wrong things. So verse 37, turn away your eyes from vanity, from, from things that are bad. This verse, Psalm 119 says, uh, turn, David says, turn away my reproach, which I fear. And that's the guy that killed Goliath. And in Psalm 119, he was saying, God, I tend to be fearful. Isn't that amazing? Fearful. And so the prayer was, God, turn away that fear that I have of reproach. He, he didn't like to be spoken bad of. And he feared that. And his prayer was, God, turn me from that. But that fear of reproach, David even spoke of it as a, as a temptation in his life. Uh, next, next page, uh, B to fear things that are temporal. You know, taxes and uh, bills, and it's right to, to be concerned about those things. But to have a life <laughs> circumnavigating, you know, concern about temporal things and very little concern about that blank, which is eternal. Not to be motivated by things that are eternal. What, what motivates us more? Um, number two, there's no blanks to fill in, but, you know, uh, uh, shots, snakes, mice, lizards, spiders. Some people play with spiders. Some people play with snakes. Some people, you know, there, there's different, you know, fear or, or not fear. And, and those, that sentence there isn't necessarily sinful. Some people are afraid of flying. Some people are afraid of heights. Okay. Uh, not necessarily a sin. But uh, number three, the blank phobia. If you look that up, a phobia is an irrational fear of a specific thing or situation. And typically, those things are a result of bad experiences. The example I put in the notes, if you've been bitten by a dog. And so you tend to not like dogs. Well, we understand where that came from. But just be on guard about those things. Don't let the phobia control your life, control your actions, control uh, what you're going to do in life. Number four, panic attacks. Panic attacks. You fill in the word panic. Uh, 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 panic attacks occur as a result of past habits. 
uh, in that situation, you tend to default to thinking about the worst thing that could possibly happen. How do you deal with that? And this is a very brief couple of lines that need more to be filled out, but uh, need to look at how it started. Learn how to deal with it biblically. Have confidence in the fact that God can, amen, and God will, amen, (laughs) help us with whatever our fear, whatever our phobia, whatever we uh, get in panic about, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, I know sometimes, like Romans 8, 28 and different passages, that can almost feel cliche, but folks, God's help. Do you, do you take a pill that you need and say, this is so cliche, I'm not even going to take it, <laughs> you know? Uh, if you need it, take it, you know? And God said, my strength is made perfect in weakness, therefore, uh, my grace is sufficient. Tonight's subject is fear. God's grace is sufficient. We just have to learn to be connected and dependent upon him for that. So fear of things, see that we cannot change. Think about that. There's a whole slew of things that we can't change, but there is somebody, and then in God's will and way and power, there are some things that we can change. So what are we more fearful about? The things that we can't change or are we more devoted to trusting God for the things that we, through the power of Christ, can change? And again, some of these things that we're worried about uh, that can't be changed, Genesis 4.14, Cain was afraid that his punishment was going to be more than he could bear. And in Leviticus 26.36, Israel, in that passage, Uh, It's interesting, the Bible says, God said they were so fearful, they were afraid of a shaking leaf. That's interesting. You you can get so out of touch with God and trusting Him that, you know, even even a shaking leaf, you you think it's a hurricane. Down our way, we have to worry about hurricanes. Up here, you guys have to worry worry about polar vortexes. We didn't even know what that was until we had to come up here and visit you guys, you know, or somebody up here. Polar vortexes, they always come up with new words. But the hurricane, they don't change those words. It's a hurricane, you know. So watch out for, for hurricanes. And we uh, take that very seriously, okay. But, but uh, not everything's a hurricane. And even when they forecast it, sometimes it goes a different direction, you know. And uh, the first couple that we went through it didn't even shake a leaf, you know. Uh, I know you have to make proper preparations in those situations. But we can, we can get so out of balance that we can think that these problems are going to, you know, absolutely destroy life. And that's where Israel was because they had forgotten God. They were worshiping idols. And uh, God predicted what was going to happen there. Uh, Proverbs 3.25, don't be afraid of sudden fear or the desolation of the wicked. I'm preaching through the book of Revelation, and we don't know when the end of the world will come. I mean, I guess I'm speaking of rapture. Of course, we don't know that, day nor hour. We don't, know what, we don't know when the end of the world is going to be, but we are in the world of the end, right? Do you believe that? We are in the world of the end. So just knowing that, oh, where's the Antichrist? What am I going to do? And it's going, you know, south, and everything's going to crash, and one world government is going to be terrible. And, and, and Yeah, we're in the world of the end, but it's God, the book of Revelation. Whoa, Jesus Christ is, is uh, he's, he's in control. He wins the final victory. We, we, we've read the last chapter. We're overcomers. 
in Christ. So we need to live in every era, and this is our era, and it could be 50 years, it could be 100 years. I can't possibly imagine how that, that works. But every generation and this generation lives our life and our church and our family based on the fact that Jesus could come at any moment. And so because of that, I guess Paul thought, said he was in the world of the end. And when we, which are, so he was living like he was in the world of the end. So certainly we need to live that way. And it must not be fleeing because the wicked are pursuing. The wicked are pursuing, but don't flee. The righteous are to be bold as a lion. In Christ, not arrogantly. Isaiah 8 12, uh, 8, 12 and 13, Israel is afraid of the Syrians. It's right in those verses. They are afraid of the Syrians. They are afraid of the Philistines. But they didn't have a proper fear of God. So again, I would ask you, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? It must not be afraid of God. There's a right way to be on guard and understand dangers, Yes. But if we're preoccupied and if we're fearful, if we're, if we're going to exclude, if we're going to shut down, Israel was afraid, oh, those Syrians. Isn't it interesting? There's still a Syrian problem with Israel going on. I think they're sending rockets, but, you know, some things that never change, you know. Uh, and the Philistines, okay, down in Gaza Strip, uh, they were afraid of that. But they weren't afraid of their God and to trust him in a right way. Read the book of Judges, and every time they got their fear of God properly figured out. God would send them a judge. God would send them victory. God would show himself strong. He'll do it today if we just trust him. <clears throat> John the Baptist wasn't afraid to rebuke King Herod for his adultery. He went to the top of the food chain. King Herod, that's Herod the Great, man. Wow. And he preached. He, pre he stood firm. So watch yourself. You can, you can be standing strong in this area and then he sent a couple disciples, and he said, go ask Jesus if he's really the one. And he's the one that said, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But he got in prison, and even he was probably, you know, he, uh, uh, the Messiah is going to set the prisoners free. Every day he's waiting to be set free, because the Messiah is going to set the prisoners free. And it didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. He probably had the overcome Rome mentality to some degree and whatever. We don't know about all that. And so there was fear there. And then Herod, you know, that's a Christian. And Jesus, how did Jesus answer that? He, he, he just kept on healing and healing and healing and ministering and healing and healing. And then he sent those disciples back and said, just, just tell them what you saw. He's opened the blind eyes, you know, he's, he's raised the dead, he, he's preaching, the captives are being set free. Uh, John, we're right on track. We're, we're doing the spiritual kingdom, uh, you know, and, and who brought the peace? Jesus Christ did. And then Herod, wicked, wicked, wicked Herod, and he makes that horrible, you know, present to, uh, to his uh, daughter, and out of fear of man, he said, I'll give, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. And out of fear, he didn't want to kill John the Baptist. He believed he was a prophet from God, even in his unsafe state. But out of fear of man, he went ahead and had him executed. We, we can be motivated. So, uh, you know, uh, don't fear uh, the things that we cannot change. Rather, uh, and don't be kept from doing the things that we can change. D, fear hinders us from accomplishing God's tasks. Fear hinders us from accomplishing God's goals for us. John 19, 38, Joseph of Arimathea, he, he, he was a secret disciple. The first two years that my dad got saved, just 
somehow, he, according to his testimony, he was a secret disciple. He, he went to church. Mom got saved, got baptized. Uh, we kids came along and, and, and got saved and so on. <clears throat> and, and it took a little while, and, and God called him to preach. He went to Bible college. But those first couple of years, and maybe it wasn't a, couple, a, a brief period of time, and, and it was like, okay, I think he was afraid he might lose it or he couldn't live up to it or something. But there was a fear of man thing going on. And I don't know what all involved. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, pray over my meal because, you know, so, so have you ever done this? I went to a public school. Did you ever get a headache? You know, just, <laughs> you, you don't want to pray in front of your students, your, your fellow peers or something. So you just go, okay, get down. And, and, no, come on. Uh, be a Christian. Take a stand. Uh, pray a prayer over the food. And don't be arrogant about it and showy or anything. But, but fear will hinder us from living for Christ. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a fearful disciple, but hey, uh, he went right to Pilate and he said, I've got a new tomb, I'd like the body of Jesus. He identified him as an open disciple of Jesus. Pilate said, yeah, sure, you know, seal him away and get rid of him and seal that thing up. Um, so, in a wonderful way, and fear could have stopped him, right? Isn't that a blessing? And that was a fulfillment of Scripture, that Jesus would, would, would be buried among the rich and, and, and fulfilling Scripture, and Joseph would have missed all that if he would have just said, I, 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 I can't take this stand. I haven't done it before, and I'm sure not going to do it now. Folks, we miss, we miss the blessing of God with man's fear. And in that occasion, he did not. Fear will hinder us from accomplishing God's goals. <clears throat> e... When we're intimidated, uh, sinful fear, when we're intimidated by our fears, refusing to pray publicly. Now, I know you've got you to work things through and, and grow and mature in the Lord, and you don't want to get pushed into something that, that embarrasses you and so on, but just let the Lord lead. And it's a wonderful thing to me in discipleship to see someone, and you don't push them, but you say, it's just talking to God. We're not trying to pray, oh, God, that sits upon the rim of the universe and impress people and teach people and preach to people while you're praying. We don't need to do that. Just, oh, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for these dear people. Lord, bless in this message. You just talk to God. But no, I couldn't possibly do that. I'd freeze up. I wouldn't know what to say. Um, trust the Lord. Jesus said, open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it, you know? Trust in the Lord. Uh, pray publicly. Give a public testimony. Share Christ uh, with others by your life, by your, by your witness. There, there's, I'm hearing about announcements about a, a sharing your faith time, going out. Uh, hey, um, let's get out of the COVID shut-in mentality if there is one, you know, and all things decently in an order and so on. But look, don't be intimidated. I could never do that. Oh, I could never do that. Some of the shyest people I know are some of the, some of the best witnesses. They're just trusting the Lord and letting the Lord uh, take over. Um, intimidated, allowing ourselves to be intimidated by our fears puts the focus on ourselves. I could never do that. Well, we know that, and, and we can't either. I never go witnessing that I'm not somewhat scared about it. Never. But God isn't scared about it, and he needs me to get out there and knock on the door or speak to the person, hand out a track, be a witness. I need to do more of it. And so rather than focus on living a life that glorifies God, rather than focusing on serving others in the church, out of the church, in the family, across the street, wherever it is, our fears just bind us up and we miss the blessing. 
Uh, let the Lord help you in that regard. Okay, number three, understanding the nature of fear. Fear began in the Garden of Eden. You fill in those blanks, the Garden of Eden. We understand that. They ran, they hid. <clears throat> There's no such thing as no fear. We live, in a, we live in a depraved world now. We live, we've inherited a sinful nature. God's cleansed that when we're saved, and old things are passed away, all things become new. But we still have our sinful default. We still have the capability to sin, so we still have the capability to get mad, anger. We still have the, the capability to fear. We still have that capability. Adam and Eve hid. We, read, we talked about that. Uh, the one-talent servant was afraid of his master, you know, uh, the man that had ten, inve uh, five, invested and, and got ten. Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, you know, the one that, that, that had two, he invested, he's got four, you know. Or however that parable goes. And the one, oh, I knew the master was hard. I knew, I, 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 I just, uh, I was just bound up. I didn't know what to do. So here it is, at least I kept it, you know. And Jesus said, take the one from him and give it to the one that has. And we say, Lord, what, what gives there, you know? And, and what we're learning is God can't bless a fearful attitude. He said, you knew that I had a requirement. You knew I, I told you what to do there. And, and so that's not faithfulness. That's, that's being self-focused, not God-focused. So understanding the nature of fear, uh, the bullet point is very helpful. That which we fear the most becomes our master. That which we fear the most becomes our master. God needs to be our master, not the things that we fear. B, <clears throat> it's a lack of fear of God. We've, we've been making that point. So just putting this under understanding the nature of fear, it began with sin. So that's where it comes out of. What is it? It's a lack of a proper fear of God. <clears throat> Psalm 112, verse 1, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. That means happy. That means joyful, a flourishing, uh, just full of delight, fill, uh, fill full. A college professor said the word fulfill, uh, archippus, you know. Uh, uh, take the ministry God has given you and fulfill it. And he said, turn that word around, fill it full, fill it full, you know. Well, church, fill it full. Married couples, fill it full. We were talking about the emptiness. Fill it full. Fill it full of the glory of God. Fill it full of what God can bless. That's, that's the nature of the fear of God and the opposite of the fear of man. It's a, our problem is the lack of fear of God. C, it's the absence of God's permeating, God's love that permeate, permeates the life of the believer. It is the absence of God's love permeating the life of the believer. You put a sponge in the water and it just completely permeates. You squeeze that out and you just get all that water. Too many of us, we get permeated with fear. You squeeze that out and you just get more fear. So we need to soak up the love of God daily, moment by moment. That's why, you know, daily devotions, daily Bible reading, church services on an ongoing basis to edify, to encourage Bullet point, remember the focus of fear is my hurt, my loss. And I thought of that song that we sing, Jesus, others, and you. No Jesus, no joy. That's not original to me, you know that. No Jesus, no joy. So put Jesus first, and you got the joy. But if you put the why first, 
That's the left-hand column, fear that's self-protecting. I could never do this. I could never be that. I could never whatever. That's self-protecting. What am I going to lose? If I would give more in the offering, I'd have less to, to live on. If, I would, if I'd put myself out there, I'd lose that, that you know, place in my work environment where what they think I am, and, and, and I don't want to be laughed at or thought less of, or, oh, he's the Christian guy, or I don't want to lose that. What focuses that? What will I lose personally? What will happen to me? It moves away from the problems. It secludes itself. It hesitates. It hesitates. But now look at the others part. You put Jesus first. You put the others. Put that second column next. Self-giving, that takes away the self-protecting. When you're self-giving, you stop protecting yourself in that sense. When you're giving, what can I give? Whatever the Lord leads whatever the Lord leads, but it's not what I'm going to lose. It's what I'm going to give. God wants to give through me. What can I give others? Not what's going to happen to me. What can I give others? I don't think any of us will be on our deathbed if, if the Lord would allow it to even be this way that we could think these th thoughts through and we'd say to ourselves, you know, I was too self-giving. Uh, you know, I gave too much. <laughs> I gave to others too much. I gave too much love to God. Um, uh, love moves toward problems. Fear moves away from problems. Risk, love risks itself. Jesus went to the cross. Love risks. Love trusting God, leading uh, by God, risks reach out. There's somebody behind that door that needs a witness. This, this waitress that's, that's been such a help to me, I've got eternal help for her. Oh, but I'd, I'd never feel good about handing her a track or speaking to her about Christ. Uh, risk uh, takes risk, reaches out to God, reaches out to others, and it starts. Maybe it's a baby step. Maybe it's a leap. Maybe it's that giant, you know, I can do all things, uh, Paul says. But love moves, so you put Jesus first, you put others second, and then that fear column that's over in the left, that's going to be over here. And it'll still trouble you. It'll come back. It'll come back. And you just put Jesus first and others next and then deal with those things as it comes along. Fear can be cast out. Perfect love casts out fear. Love can and will cast out fear. D, the greatest fear is death and judgment. Hebrews 12, 14 to 15, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, his death on the cross, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their life subject to bondage. Uh, Revelation 19.15, and a voice came out of the throne saying, praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him. That's the only fear that's going to be in heaven. And that's what the last bullet point says. The only fear there will be in heaven for all of eternity is the fear and the praise of God. Uh, we're not in heaven yet. And so there are things that trouble and cause fear to the heart of Scott Barber. And those things, as we've looked at, will hinder me from doing what God wants me to do. It will keep me from that fullest blessing of God, but perfect love 
casts out fear. What areas of fear would God convict you about? And in those areas, let's ask God to help us to trust him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the love of Christ. Thank you for the powerful, overcoming love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. You will come soon in the rapture. You will welcome us undeserving into the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will face the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, Lord, we will give answer for uh, our, our fearfulness to, to have trust you for reward and blessing. Oh, God, work. And then, Lord, you will return to this earth and plant your feet. Uh, you, will, you will rule and reign for a thousand years. And then for all of eternity, we as your people will sing your glorified praises, we who fear the Lord. And yet, Lord, right now, we, we take stumbling steps and we are constricted and bound by sinful fear. Lord, would you help us tonight? Would you lead, guide, and direct? Would you help us to have that perfect love that casts out fear? We pray this in Jesus' name.